you're listening to another inspirational message from Bell Road Church. If you live in the North Phoenix area and are looking for a church community, we'd love to have you join us. It's a great place for the whole family where you can have fun and grow closer to Jesus. For more information, visit us at www.bellroadchurch.com. shift into the message today. I'm really excited to talk to you about the topic of hunger today and really ask the question, are you hungry? And I'm not talking physically, but are you hungry spiritually? Are you hungry for more of God in your life? See, here's the great news about God. Whatever you've experienced about him, there's more. Maybe you've experienced his love and his power in incredible ways. The good news is this, there's more. Maybe you've maybe just tasted a little bit of what he has for you. There's more. Maybe you've never experienced God before, and I want to really encourage you with these words. There is more that God has for you, and I want you and I to experience that more. Now, Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 6, he said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. We've got a hunger and thirst for righteousness. And Jesus promises us we will be filled. Won't you join me in prayer right now? Lord, I come to you right now. I'm just asking for you to use these words, Lord. I pray that your, your word would just ignite a, a greater faith and even a greater hunger for you over these next few moments, Lord. We just want to take a posture right now of, of humility and even of repentance, God, forgive us for going after other things, for being hungry for other things more than hungering after you and the things that you have for us, Lord. I pray that you forgive us. Lord, would you stir, would you ignite an incredible, huge hunger for you, for your presence in our life? Would you do that today? I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Today, more than most days, I'm really praying that you'll catch the message. As with a lot of things, there's a lot of things in life that can't be taught. They have to be caught. And I'm praying that you would catch this. And that's why I'm glad that you're here today. You know, there's an atmosphere in this room, an atmosphere of faith that it's just good to be able to come and to be with God's people and to kind of catch what God is doing. If you're with us online, thanks again for joining us. We just love having you. And it's cool that we have technology where people can join us online. And a bunch of you, man, we haven't seen you in months and we desperately miss you. Man, we look forward to the day when you're able to come back and just miss seeing you. Hope you're doing good. Let us know how you're doing. Uh, but as good as technology is, something is missed oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes through the translation of technology because you may not sense or experience the presence of God like we're experiencing in this place right now. And so I want to encourage all of you online to just set aside all distractions and just really create an atmosphere where you can really receive what God is going to speak to us here today. Because I want you to catch this. I'd hate for you to miss out on, on what God's going to speak to us today because this is a very, very important message. I would say topic that I want to be ingrained into the culture of our life and our church as we talk about having a hunger for God. The tragedy of life, says William Barclay, 
and of the world is not that men do not know God. The tragedy is that knowing him, they still insist on going their own way. And I pray that would not describe us. Oh, thanks, God. You're great and all. I believe in you. But I don't need you in this part of my life. I'm good. Deal Moody says, the world has yet to see what God can do with and for and through and in and by the man who is fully and wholly consecrated to him. I will try my utmost to be that man. Maybe you've heard of Deal Moody before. Maybe you just heard the name, but you have no idea what, who, what he did or who he, I mean, but obviously God used him in profound ways. The word consecrated, by the way, is a very important word in the Bible. It speaks of being committed, dedicated, devoted to God, and literally would be translated as being set apart, different, set apart for God's holy purposes. That is what it means to be consecrated to him. So D.L. Moody says, I will try my utmost to be that man. I pray that as we hear these words, that something would stir inside of us, that something would be ignited inside of us and say, yes, I want the same thing. I want to do the best that I can. With your help, God, with your grace in my life, I want to be that man or that woman as well. That's my prayer. If everybody in our country at the same place that you're at right now spiritually, would there be revival in the land? <laughs> and I don't ask that to condemn you or make you feel bad or guilty. I just want you to reflect on that. It's important that we think about this. How am I doing? What, is there a hunger in my life? Is there a passion in my life? For Jesus, I pray that there is. And I pray that you and I would make a decision today, maybe for the first time, or re-get back on track and align with Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to go all in for you. I want to live a life fully devoted to you. And what would your life look like if you were truly living a life devoted to him completely? So Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. What's it mean to hunger? It means to crave ardently, to seek with eager desire. I pray that describes your spiritual life right there. What's it mean to thirst? That word can be translated and described as this. Those who painfully feel their want and eagerly long for the things that bring the soul refreshing strength and support. Do you have a thirst for that in your life spiritually? Righteousness means this. It means right living, right thinking, right acting. It's living the way God wants us to live, has called us to live, okay? It's to live in purity and integrity. So the goal is that you and I would have a hunger and a thirst for that lifestyle. Now, we can't do it without God's grace. We need God's grace to live in that place. But is there a desire to live a life that pleases God more than anything else? That's my prayer for us. And Jesus promises this. If you have that hunger, you will be filled. The infilling of Jesus doesn't come from just being righteous. It comes from having the hunger and the thirst for that. That desire deep within inside of you. And Jesus says, you will be filled. That's a promise from Jesus. You will be filled. This last Tuesday night in prayer, that was one of the things God was speaking to us. God wanted to fill, wants to fill and we kept praying that, kept saying that God wants to fill you. And I believe God wants to fill you. In fact, every single day throughout the days of our life, we need him and his spirit to continue to fill us. Again, today, we need the filling of the Holy Spirit. 
And I pray that he'd fill you afresh, fill you again today. But it starts with you and I having this hunger, this thirst, this longing, this passion, this deep desire to be filled with him. Do you want that? Jesus promises to fill you. Another translation says satisfy. I love that. You will be satisfied. You hunger and thirst after righteousness, after living for and with God, then you will find satisfaction in your life. And can I just be real? Only God truly satisfies. We go after this and this and all this, and we're, we're looking for satisfaction. And sometimes we feel it momentarily, because those can be good things, but only Jesus satisfies long-term. Only Jesus satisfies forever. And so it's important we go after the one that really satisfies. And some of us might know that intellectually, but maybe we don't experience that. And I pray that you would experience that. Jesus is all that I need. He's all that I need. Several weeks ago, I threw up this math equation. Remember this, if you were here? Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Because he's all that I need. I don't need anything else. I got Jesus. I'm good. He's all that I need. He's the one that satisfies. Man, how's your hunger level? That's what we're going to talk about today. Let's take a little appetite assessment within our spiritual life, okay? It's amazing how life can kind of squeeze that spiritual passion right out of us, right? You start going through things that are tough, they're difficult, they're confusing. Life right now is emotional. We're getting pulled in different directions. And all of a sudden, my passion for Jesus is just, it just wanes. It's gone. That's what life does to us, right? And I pray that you and I would become people that begin to really seek Jesus first, to live that God first life above everything else and go after him, no matter what we go through, that I would learn to develop a hunger for him above everything else, even when I walk through the trials and the pains of life. That's my prayer for us. That hunger would mark your life. And I want to be known as a man after God's own heart, don't you? Maybe a woman, if you're a woman, someone who desperately knows God, walks with God, other people can see it in your life. Are you hungry for him? You ever been so hungry physically that your body would hurt? You ever been there before? Like your body aches. <laughs> and I'm not talking like you haven't eaten for three hours and you got little stomach pains, all that kind of stuff. You're getting a little hangry. No, no, no. I'm talking like you haven't eaten for days. Maybe you've been on extended fast before and you're like, I'm struggling physically. It's like your body will scream at you. <laughs> like, give me food now. It wants food. You ever been there before? It's, uh, it's crazy what our body will do to us and speak to us physically when we've been denying it food. And I love this verse in Matthew 4. So I, I think it's the biggest overstatement in Scripture. Matthew 4, the verse couple, first couple verses say, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. You think? 40 days, 40 nights, no food. You think he was hungry? Yeah, probably a little bit of an overstatement. Yes, he was hungry spiritually but, or physically, but it's obviously that Jesus was more hungry to be close to God the Father. That was the greatest hunger of his life. How hungry are you to get close to God today? Maybe the better question is, what are you hungry for? Because you and I are hungry for something. You see, what, you've, what, you, what you feed on is what you hunger for. What you feed on is what you hunger for. What that means is this. Whatever table I go to every single day, 
day after day and I feed myself this, that's the table I'm going to want to go back to day after day after day because it's what I'm used to. Because what you feed on is what you hunger for. And I want us to look at a guy named Enoch who's found in Genesis chapter 5, very beginning of the Bible. This is an, an interesting dude, this Enoch is. Genesis 5, verse 21 says this, says, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. Now, if you're familiar with Methuselah, and maybe you've studied Genesis before, maybe you know, Methuselah is the guy that lived longer than anybody else on planet Earth. And so Enoch was his dad. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God. 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. Enoch walked with God, then he was no more because God took him away. Fascinating little paragraph that's tucked away in Genesis chapter 5. About a guy named Enoch. Enoch was a seventh generation from Adam. So very close to the beginning of time. And he was someone who, as it's described there, as he walked with God. He was close to God. And it's almost as if God was saying, man, we're so close, we're so tight, I just want to take you with me now. And so he just like, Enoch was no more. God took him. Now that's awesome and crazy and just like, it just makes you kind of curious. Like, what, how did he do that? What did he do? Enoch is one of the very few people that never experienced death. God is like, boom, here you go. You're with me now in my presence fully. Now that's awesome. Wouldn't you like to experience that? Enoch walked with God. What's interesting is that Moses, who is the author of Genesis, doesn't talk about Enoch's prophetic ministry. And we know that Enoch was a prophet because Jude, the second to last book of the Bible, right before Revelation, Jude quotes Enoch as a prophet. But Moses doesn't talk about Enoch's prophetic ministry. He doesn't talk about the amazing words that he gave, how he led people or brought people to God. He doesn't mention anything. All it says about Enoch was that he walked with God. And what's even more interesting is that he gives no description of anybody else before and after that. This is passage through Genesis 5 where he's just saying, so-and-so lived, had a kid, and then lived longer, and then he died. And this kid had another kid and lived, and he died. This kid lived, and then he died. And all of a sudden, Enoch lived 65 years, and he had a kid, and Enoch walked with God, by the way. Then he lived 300 more years walking with God. So something stood apart about Enoch's life that caused Moses to not just say he lived, had a kid, and died. He was someone who walked with God. It was so obvious that it stood out in his life. And I pray that it would be so obvious that you walk with God that other people would notice. There's somebody who walks with God, which is a pretty good compliment. Enoch walked with God times and then really through the years of being a part of the church is there's a lot of believers who don't have a hunger to walk with God. They want to believe in him and know that they're, they got, you know, the fire insurance and they're going to be good in eternity, but we kind of do our own thing. We, la- we, ha- we lack a desire to really be close to Jesus. That's what it means to walk with God, by the way. It's, it's, it's being close to him. Like I'm in this close, intimate relationship. That's what that means. And there's a lot of believers that have no desire, there's no passion, there's no hunger to walk with God. And the reason for that is pretty simple. We're full of other stuff. 
right? We're full of other things. Right now, you have filled yourself with stuff. You're full of it. Did you know that? We don't know what it is, but you are full of it. It needs to be God, who isn't an it, by the way, but you know what I'm saying, right? We're full of something, and the reason we're not consumed and full of God like we maybe should be is because we're full of other things. Proverbs 27, 7 says, a satisfied soul loathes the honeycomb. What that means is this, is that when something good comes in your life that you could have, that you could receive, if you're already full, you don't want it. You apply that to your spiritual life, God could come along and say, I got something new I want to do in your life. I got something I want to teach you. I want to do a work deep within you. I want to transform this area of your life. And you're like, no, I'm good. I don't need that. I'm, I'm fine right now. I'm, and we're full of other stuff, and we miss out on what God maybe wants to do in our life. And a lot of people find themselves wrestling through this, like, oh, the Freedom Course sounds good, but I'm busy. I know I got this and this, I got all these responsibilities, all this, you know, and we can easily crowd God out of our life and miss out on the good, the new that he wants to do in our life. And let me encourage you to don't go there. That's why we want everyone to be part of this freedom course, because we want all that God has for you. And I pray that you and I would get to this posture, this place where we'd say, no matter what it takes, Jesus, I just want all that you have for me in this life. I want it all. I'm willing to let go of this. I'm willing to let go of this. I'm willing to, to, to not do this to clear my schedule so I can go after you. I just want all that you have for me in this life. And maybe there's some things holding you back that Jesus wants to set you free from. And this freedom course is going to help bring that to light and help you walk in the freedom of Christ. I'd hate for you to miss out on the freedom and the more that Jesus has for you simply because I'm too busy. Just trying to get us to reevaluate where we're at right now. A little appetite assessment. Because if I'm too busy to allow God to really do a deep transforming work in my life, then I'm just too busy. And if I'm full of things and God's not a part of it, then I'm full of the wrong stuff. You ever, here, here's a scenario, we could, we could illustrate it this way. How many of you guys like Thanksgiving meal, Thanksgiving dinner? Okay, come on. Thanksgiving lunch and brunch and dinner, all, all right, yeah. <laughs> it's the greatest meal of the year, isn't it? Come on, let's be real. That turkey, that uh, mashed potatoes, gravy all over it, hitting everything, the stuffing. Come on, anybody getting, no, 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 not cranberry, no, we don't like cranberries. <laughs> Pumpkin pie, though. Come on, give me some pumpkin pie and put whipped cream all over it. Some of you need your cranberries. That's fine. You can have your cranberries. Okay, but who's getting hungry right now? Anybody? <laughs> hungry physically, right? Okay, have you ever... That is the greatest meal of the year. I love Thanksgiving. It can't come soon enough. Now, you ever experienced this scenario where you fill yourself with all that food? It's, it's so good, you know, and maybe you crash out comatose on the couch for a couple hours. Football's playing, but you got to go to another house. You got to go to the other side of the family, other friends, like there's other place you're going to. And so you get there, you're still full. You ever been in this scenario? It's like you're already full of food and you get there. It smells good. They're like, oh, we're so glad you're here. Here's some more food. And they're shoving food in your face. You're like, I am so full right now. It smells good, but I have no desire. You ever experienced that type of scenario before? Hey, their food might even be better than the food that you already had, but you have no desire for it because you're already full, Right? 
And that's what happens in our life spiritually. God's like, I got something for you. I got something better for you. And you're like, no, I'm full. I'm good. And we miss out. Hmm. What we feed on is what we hunger for. So we got to make sure we're feeding ourselves the right things in life. we got to make sure we're going to the right table every single day and feeding ourselves the right things. Some of us, we just continually feed ourselves entertainment, entertainment, social media, uh, if, if, if I'm honest, sports is one of those things for me that has become, I, I'll just put the, those things above God in my life. They become an idol in my life. And I go to that, I go to that because that's what I'm used to going to. This is why it's easy for us to go and sit in front of the television for hours because it's what we're probably used to doing. And what I feed on is what I hunger for. Let me illustrate it this way. I never forget when I became hypoglycemic. And I had to radically change my diet. It was, a, it was an interesting season in my life. I was playing college basketball and I was struggling just physically. I, in practice, I would get to the place where I would almost collapse on the court. And I had to go sit down on the, on, on the sidelines and just rest until I could have the energy and strength to actually do something again. And this happened for a couple of weeks and I realized something's going on in my body. I went to the doctor, found out I got hypoglycemia. And so what that means is my pancreas puts out way too much insulin. It's the opposite of... Diabetes, diabetes, you know, they need more insulin. Their pancreas doesn't put out enough insulin, so they get themselves insulin shots. Well, and I eat too much sugar. It puts out too much insulin in my body, so I got to monitor all my sugar intake, and I got to make sure I eat properly is what I learned. So I go to this dietician. She kind of rearranges my whole diet, and like, like how much candy you have, and I'm kind of like, uh, you know, I ate a lot of candy at the time, to be honest. Candy bars, and man. And uh, I drank a lot of Pepsi at the time, okay? The juice of heaven. And I love Pepsi, love Pepsi. Well, we're all over the place here today, aren't we? And I would have at least two Pepsis a day at this time of my life. And so the, the lady said, like, you can't have Pepsi anymore. That's messing you up, all that sugar intake. And, and then she said, you can have the diet Pepsi, though, because for whatever reason, this not natural sugar that causes cancer in laboratory animals is okay for me to have. It doesn't mess me up. Like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, I could have diet Pepsi with this weird aspartame stuff, but I can't have real sugar. Like, what's really worse for me, this or this? I don't know. Uh, but it's, that's what I could have. And so the next day, I'm, I'm at this time of the day where I typically have my Pepsi, and so I'm longing for my Pepsi, right? Because what we feed on is what we hunger for. And so I thought, okay, I'll try Diet Pepsi. I've had, tried it before. My mom drinks it. It's disgusting, but I'm going to start trying it again. So I take a couple sips. That's all I could take. I'd throw it away. But the next day, I long for Pepsi again, so I got to try my Diet Pepsi again. Once you know, I get to like a third of the way through the can. And once you know, the next day, I got like halfway through the can. And then after a couple weeks of that, I was longing for Diet Pepsi. I could not wait to get my diet Pepsi. It was amazing. And I learned that principle firsthand. Physically, what we feed on is what we hunger for. A month before that, I would have never desired diet Pepsi. Now I longed for it. And the same thing happens to our life spiritually. What we feed on, what we feed our soul is what our soul longs for more of. And that's why we got to make sure we're feeding our faith. We got to feed ourselves the right stuff so that we're hungry for God more than anything else in life. How's your hunger level? You know, this really is, I think, an important lesson for all of us. 
uh, I had a conversation with someone in between services and they said, man, that really spoke to me. And I feel like some of the anxiety stuff I've been wrestling with is because I've just been filling myself with all these other things. And God was speaking to this person that I need to fill myself, feed myself God and his word and his truth. And it's amazing how we can just kind of slide into this. It's kind of like, you know, this gray chair we talked about last week. It's easy. We can slide into this place where I just kind of go through the motions and all of a sudden I find myself, I'm feeding myself all these different things and I've crowded God out of my life. And it can happen to any of us if we're not careful. So we got to evaluate, what am I feeding myself? You see, Jesus desperately wants to be close to you. And a close, intimate relationship where someone would look at you and say, there's someone who walks with God is not a calling just for special Christians. It is a calling for everybody. He longs to be close to you. He wants to walk with you. He wants you to experience his presence every single day. And and unfortunately, we've lost a passion for his presence. There's no longing for him in our life. And I pray that, that he would stir up a passion and a hunger for him and for his presence in our life now more than ever before. And who's with me? Enoch walked with God. And you wonder what caused that in his life? Why did he have a desire to walk with God? He didn't have a church service to go to. He didn't have a freedom course to show up at. He didn't have any Bible study. I wonder what it was for him. But wouldn't you know that his great, 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 great grandfather, Adam, was actually still alive at this time. I did the math through all the numbers, crunched all the numbers. I wonder if Enoch had conversations with his great, 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 great grandfather, Adam, who's still walking on the earth this moment. Could you imagine the conversations and the stories you would hear from Adam? Could you imagine what it would be like to hear, like, What was it like to walk with God in the garden before sin, before the curse, before all this thing fell apart? What was that like, great, 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 great grandfather? Can you imagine the stories you would hear, how incredible that would be? I can imagine those conversations. I can imagine tears coming down Adam's face as he realized, man, we blew it. What we experience now is it doesn't even compare. There's nothing that can describe what it was like to walk with God in the garden, in perfection. He experienced life as it was intended to be. He experienced life that we long for. He experienced life that we're heading towards in eternity, by the way, which we're thankful for. But Adam was still alive. He's still walking on the earth. Enoch could have easily, I'm sure, had conversations with great, 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 great grandfather, Adam. Can you imagine that? And Enoch obviously had a passion, had a desire to walk with God. There was a hunger within him. Wherever it came from, he was known as someone who walked with God. And I pray you'd be known as the same. But it starts with you and I just having a passion for that, a desire for that. And there's, there's words like passion, intense, faithful. I pray those words would describe my relationship with Jesus. I pray that words like hunger and thirst would describe my spiritual life. And I pray that for you as well. And Jesus said these words. He says, seek first my kingdom. Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. And all these things will be given to you. 
Matthew 6, records that, right? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All these things will be given to you. We get caught up in all these things. We long to be fulfilled, satisfied. We fill ourselves with all these things, and then we, we come to God. And God's almost like our leftovers. He's almost like our last resort. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 put me first. Seek me first, and I'll take care of everything else. Fill yourself with me first, and I'll take care of you. You will be okay. We, we confuse that. We mix it up. We go after all these other things, then we try to put God into our life. And you can fit here, God. This is, this is a good moment for you. Instead of seeking him first, I pray that we would be God-first people, yes. that we would seek him more than we seek anything else. Yes. See, there's so many things in life that I think God wants us to enjoy. Yes. That's what I love about life. Life is certainly hard at times, but it's also extremely enjoyable at times. God wants us to enjoy so many things in life, but the thing that we get to enjoy the most in life is him. And I pray that he would become your greatest joy. Why do you serve God? Why do you follow him? Why are you a Christian? Is it because you just intellectually believe in him and it makes sense and he does things for you? Or is it because of the deep satisfaction and the love that you get from the relationship you have with him? If we're honest, it's the first thing for a lot of us. A lot of Christians are Christians because they believe in it. They believe in Jesus died for their sins and all that, and they're going to heaven. And they're, they're, they're whole, the whole, I'd say, drive in that is, I get salvation out of this and I get an eternal life in heaven and I get to enjoy this amazing life eternally in heaven. Here's what we get out of it, actually. The greatest thing we get out of this Christianity thing, this salvation thing is Jesus. The greatest thing about heaven will be Jesus. You and I will be fully in his presence and experience his presence like never before. Heaven won't be great because you get to... Uh, be free from all the pain and all that kind of stuff. And you get to enjoy life as you want to enjoy it right now. No, heaven will be great because Jesus is there. That's why it'll be great. And he alone will fill us with the ultimate satisfaction for all of eternity. And he wants to do it now. And he wants to fill you now. So we got to feed ourselves the right thing because what we feed on is what we hunger for. And if you and I find ourselves in a place where we don't have a hunger for God, we've been filling ourselves with the wrong stuff. Yeah. We've been feeding ourselves the wrong things. And I'm praying that, that God would ignite a hunger in you today like never before. Yeah. I said this to the first service. I'll say to you guys, I don't really care if this is a good message. It's kind of my heart going into every week anyway, just so you know. I really want it to do some good, though. That's my prayer. There's only one, one reason I get up here week after week after week after week, because I want God to do something in your life. I don't desire to get up here and do another good one. Because I don't think that's what this is about. I don't think God wants us to go through the motions of church. Man, church was great today. Good worship. It sounded good. They played the songs I like. Good message from the pastor today. Life is good. And now I go on and I do my own thing. 
And we kind of view church as for us. And we kind of view life as it's all about me still. Thanks God for saving me, but life is all about me. And I pray that that would get flipped upside down and that we would put God first. We would seek him first, his righteousness. And and Jesus promises he's going to fill you and he's going to take care of all these things. You'll be fine. I will take care of you, Jesus says. Just seek me first. You'll be okay. And I think it's only in that place that we find how satisfying Jesus really is. I pray that this would mark our church, and your life, that you would be known as someone who walks with God, that we would be known as a people who are hungry after the presence of God. This is an important message for the culture of our church and for your life. Are you hungry for him? Do you long for him more than anything else in your life? I pray that you do. If you find yourself in this place right now where you're not, accept the grace of God and say, God, help me. I want to go after you more than anything else. And what I've learned is that seasons of fasting can really help that for me, like a 21-day fast, like we're getting ready to do. And I just wanted to, to get your mind wrapped around what we're going to start in three weeks and begin to think and pray through this, because I want you to pray, God, what do you want me to do in this 21-day fast? A fast is a great way for us to shift our priorities, to let go of some earthly things that we really, really like, like food. We like, anybody like food out there? Okay, I like food with, with the best of you. I love that heaven's gonna start with a great feast. Doesn't that sound awesome? Okay, God's not anti-food. He's like, hey, when y'all get here, we're throwing a big old party, a big, huge feast. Okay, that sounds pretty good to me. There's gonna be food in heaven. Isn't that cool? But through this, this part of our eternal existence, it's, it's good for us to let go of some earthly things, some things that we like that can hold us back, some things that we enjoy so that we can learn how to fully enjoy God and get close to him and go after him more than anything else. So begin to pray right now. God, what do you want me to do with this 21-day fast? Uh, what do you want me to let go of? What do you want me to fast? What do you want me to deny so that I can go after you? What do you want me to let go of? Is there anything in my life that's become way too important that I need to, to let go of, that I need to fast, so that I can put you above that in my life. Anything? What is that? So October 4th, we're going to start a 21-day fast. October 4th through the 24th. And the goal, there's several goals I have in this, but it's really leading up into this relaunch, this grand opening of our church, step into a new season. We're going to pray and intercede that God moves in a new, fresh way on our church, but also in your life. This is my prayer. I got four things. As I was thinking about this, that I, I want God to do through this fast, that I'm believing God will even do right now, starting today, that, that we would grow in a hunger for, number one, personal revival. And a, a 21-day fast can really help with this. We got fasting guides, by the way. If you want a fasting guide that you can read about what is fasting, what types of fasts are out there, we have some in the back and there's some in the front. When you exit here today, then you can grab one of those fasting guides if you'd like. If you're online, let us know. We can email you the guide. You can read through it. Just let us know. I'm, I'm praying that you and I would have a hunger for personal revival. That God would do something new and fresh in our life. Number two, that we would have a hunger for the presence of God more than ever before. And you know what I've learned is if I'm really going to experience the presence of God in my life, I got to make room for him. And that's what I want us to do is make room. 
We want to experience the presence of God in our, even in our services and our gatherings. We're going to make room for him to do what he wants to do. Oftentimes, God is just waiting to move in our life, but we got to make room for him. Number three, I pray that we'd have a hunger for the, a purity of heart. Just live a life that pleases God. This is really like a revival of holiness. Like I, I just long to live for God more than anything else. Number four, a hunger for people's salvation. Man, I, I hope that that desire gets bigger in our life, that the fact that people are going to spend eternity apart from Jesus would matter to us. Because we know there are people out there sitting in this chair right now, and they need Jesus. And we want them here in our church. Let me just say that again. And we want them to encounter the life-transforming power of God's love. Amen? So I pray that that would be a hunger that grows within us for people's salvation. So this is the vision of our church. It starts off, it's a, it's a big vision, but this is the first sentence. The vision of our church is that we see a church full of passionate people who reach the city with the gospel of Jesus. So we want to be passionate. Again, there's that word. I love that word, passion. It kind of goes in line with hunger. I pray that we would be passionate people who just long to reach the city and reach anyone and everyone that we can with the gospel with the good news of Jesus. That word passion is awesome. And passion, by the way, is more than just an emotion. Like when we show up at church and we, we get excited and we sing and we clap in between songs. Passion's way more than that. That can be passion. That's great. That's awesome. But passion is commitment. It's dedication. It's devotion. It's, it's being faithful when times are hard. In fact, if you go to Webster's Dictionary, have you read Webster's Dictionary? The first definition of passion in Webster's Dictionary is this. The sufferings of Christ between the night of the Last Supper and his death. That is the definition of passion, according to Webster. Jesus personified what passion really is by what he did for you and I. That's passion. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the city with the gospel of Jesus. So we're 42 days away from our grand opening, 42 days. And we really believe in praying God do something new as we step into a new season, do something new. Create a greater desire in us for you, first and foremost. We wanna make room for you in our life and our church and for people's salvation God, would you stir up a desire within me, a greater desire to, uh, to share my faith? Mom, the early church prayed for boldness. The Holy Spirit filled them with boldness and they shared their faith and people got saved. I want to just pray for boldness, pray for courage and then God will do it and he will help you and I be more bold and more courage. And so we're gearing up for this new season. And again, it's gonna take all of us. We need all of you to be a part of this new season, to, to find a place to serve and to begin praying for five people, five unchurched people that you know need Jesus. And so if you weren't here last week, I'd love for you to grab that card. There's a card in, in the seat in front of you. And it talks about the grand opening. It talks about our fast that starts in three weeks. It talks about our encounter prayer and worship night. But on the backside, it has a place where you can put five people. And I want to encourage you to write down the names of five people that you know need Jesus. And you're going to believe for them to find Jesus. And so there's a card you can grab right now if you'd like. And in just a few moments, we're going to go into time of prayer and worship. In fact, worship team, why don't you guys go ahead and come on up here.
And during this time, you can go ahead and also write those five names on that back wall. We've got a prayer wall back there. Maybe you saw that when you walked in. We'd love for you to write the names of those five people in the blanks on there as well. We want to fill that wall with hundreds of names of people we're going to begin praying for over the next 42 days, hardcore, specifically. We're going to pray that we will see salvations in those people and that God would use us and God would use this church to see salvations take place because I kind of think that's why the church exists. Don't you? So it starts with the hunger. Do we really want this? Do we really want to see this take place? Do I really want more of God? Do I really want people to experience more of God? If I don't, it's not going to happen. So it starts with hunger. Let's get hungry, church. Let's get hungry. And so I guess what it really starts is what we're feeding ourselves, right? Because what we feed on is what we hunger for. Once you stand to your feet, we're going to take some time and we're going to really evaluate and pray and worship. And we're going to intercede even too. Those of you that are online, just join us in this moment here. Pray with us. Intercede for those five people, those five people you've written down. Some of you have that card at home. You're praying, you're believing. Make sure you write those names on the prayer wall. If you're online joining us, make sure you, you give us those names. Maybe you can put it in the comments or just email us. We want to get those names also on the prayer wall. We want to pray with you for those people. We're just believing for salvations. And so this is going to take all of us to pray, to believe. We're praying for God to stir up greater faith, but I think it starts with the hunger, first and foremost, for Jesus and to do what he's called us to do and live how he's called us to live. So let's get hungry, church. Let's get hungry. I pray that hunger would mark our church and our lives. we don't want to go through the motions, do we? I don't think God wants us to go through the motions either. You and I, we need more of God. And we need to find satisfaction and continue to find satisfaction in Him and continue to be filled by Him. So that's what we're going to do for the next few moments, guys. Let's push everything aside. Yes, I know a certain sport started today. Some of us are eager to get and watch that and see what's going on. Some of you are getting hungry. Maybe you're borderline hanger right now. I don't know. Let's push all of that aside, okay? And let's just make space in these next few moments for God. Let's create space. This is why we miss out on God, guys. We are so busy. We have pushed God out of our life. We're creating space right now. I could pray and say, have a great week. See y'all next week. Come back here, same time, same place. Let's take a few moments. Let's just make space for God to speak to us, to move. And let's intercede and pray for people to get saved. Let's do that as well. Because we don't want to make this all about us. This song is going to speak to a selfless faith. A generation having a selfless faith. Let that describe us. We're making space right here. Would you join me in prayer, Lord? We come to you right now so thankful for your love, for your presence, for your grace. We need your grace. God, may it enable us and empower us to move forward in our relationship with you. And God, in this place right now, in this time, I pray that you would stir up, God, a greater hunger for you. God, we're letting go of things right now. We're distractions, everything, God. We're just creating space in this moment right now just to seek you, to be in your presence to allow you to do whatever it is you want to do. And we're having this posture right now, Lord, of we want all that you have for us in this life. 
want it all. In fact, if that is your heart's cry, would you just lift your hands up to him right now? Just as, uh, maybe lift both hands up there and say, God, I just want you to fill me right now. Fill me right now. I'm a funnel. I want all that you have for me. I'm giving you these next few moments to go after you, Holy Spirit, move in my life right now. Speak to me. Holy Spirit, move in those people's lives that are on my heart that desperately need you. I'm praying for them as well. God, right now, move. Right now, move. Jesus. Jesus. If you've never said yes to Jesus, I'd encourage these next few moments to just pray a prayer of forgiveness. Just, Jesus, forgive me of trying to do this on my own, of sinning and rebelling against you. I accept your forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, for taking my sin on the cross. I believe in what you did for me, Jesus. I ask for forgiveness and I receive it right now. And would you fill me with your spirit? If you've never done that uh, before, do that today. Say yes to Jesus. Begin following him and let him do a new work, a new thing, and, and come alive in Jesus today and experience all that he has for you. It's just the beginning. Pray that prayer. For the rest of us, come on, let's just go after Jesus. Ask him to fill us. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, move. Come and save us again today. Save me from myself. for listening to this message of Bell Road Church. We hope you enjoyed it and that God spoke to you through it. Be sure to connect with us online via Twitter, Facebook, and at bellroadchurch.com.